Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So for my guest today, I have a very dear friend of mine named Jill that is a survivor as well. And I wanted to bring her on so we could talk about the grooming process that she had experienced when she was brought into the life. So I would like everyone to give a warm welcome to Jill. Hi. How are you doing? Good, thanks. So uh, I don't really know where to start off. So I guess um, I just quickly run down my the kind of like how I was groomed and how I was sex trafficked. Um, basically, when I met my trafficker, um, it started out as a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship, and it was very fast. So he kind of love bombed me, um, you know, started to um, basically just say things that I'd never really heard before, just really just compliments and just really just throwing all, all this like love at me. And it was the relationship moved very fast and he was older than me and I was young I was you know I was 21 at the time so I was pretty young and naive and this and this guy was 16 years older than me at the time so you know he wanted me to move in with him he you know would tell me things like I've never met anybody like you I want to be you know I want to be with you like you're you're amazing just sort of things you know that yeah I want to hear basically and then once you know I moved in and the relationship started started to become abusive um basically some of the warning signs that I should have noticed I didn't because I you know my father was abusive and he he would do some of the things that my father would do and I just thought that was normal yeah it wasn't (laughs) did Um, he know about your past with your father no actually he didn't but he would you know it's funny that you say that because he would say things to me like I know your father is not a good guy I know what he you know I know your father's done things to me and my siblings and and then what did he think he knew yeah you know he never really said anything like that he knew but it was just funny when I think back now I feel like these people just know like they know like they just know like they know who to to groom and sex traffic when they meet a person because and who to target yeah exactly they know who to target and they see your vulnerability and they see it's you know people that are compassionate and empathetic because that's what they they feed on and that's how they control you and you know like the gaslighting he he started to the relationship started to become abusive and he would be gaslighting me making me think you know I was the problem Mm -hmm. Um, there was one time like where he um this was in the beginning of the relationship where 
um, basically I was at work and I was working at a restaurant and he kept coming to the restaurant and it got to the point where my manager was like, you know, you, you know, he can, cannot come anymore. Like you have to tell him to, to stop or, you know, you, you're going to have to find another job because this is um, inappropriate. And, and, and I really, you know, I, I, I didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. I thought that was normal behavior because my father was like that. So do you think looking um, back that maybe he was trying to sabotage your job, knowing if he kept coming in that you would eventually get fired? Yeah, exactly. He definitely was trying to sabotage my job at the time. And, um, you know, after I told him he couldn't come anymore, I, I quit that job pretty much probably a couple of days later because, you know, I came home from work and he went completely ballistic and there was people in the house at the time and he basically you know he was telling me I had to take off my clothes because he thought I was he was like I know you're having sex with the manager and he's like you're going to take your clothes off right now Um, wow and then he you know he basically I mean he took me to the room and he raped me and, um, you know, I did leave at that time. And he said, you know, once I had left, he was calling me and he's like, oh my gosh, like you're overreacting. It was just a joke. Like, uh-huh. I cannot believe that, you know, you left, you know, you, you're crazy. And then, you know, I went back to him because I was like, well, am I overreacting? <laughs> like, I started yeah. to feel like, you know, you, they have a way of making you feel guilty. Exactly. So it was things like that. And then, you know, it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, Before you get um, too in depth, how exactly did you meet him? Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually met him through the music scene. Um, basically, we were actually playing music together. And um, I did meet like a lot of the people that he was hanging out with in the music scene were also kind of doing a lot of things that he was doing. So there was a lot of drugs and alcohol and, you know, a lot of the girlfriends were strippers or they were prostitutes. Was it like the professional music industry that you're talking about or just like Um, a localized thing? It was local. Um, There was some of the, yeah, it was local. I mean, some of the people we hung out with had been, they had played professionally, but they weren't famous or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Well, there was, actually, I'm not going to go into that, but there is actually, there's one person who is, very famous that um i didn't meet but i heard stories about my trafficker hanging out with this person who has let's just say it has done a lot of questionable things (laughs) and there's a huge list to choose from too (laughs) so unfortunately Um, you know i would hear stories about this famous person keeping women like locked up in a bedroom and would rape them and tie them up and I thought that was just a joke like some kind of like a joke when I first heard that but after everything I went through 
Um, I do not think that they were joking. So. Wow. Did anything like that happen to you? Like, were you ever locked in the house or, you know, there's always um, that misconception that women are kept in the basement in a cage. I mean, or did you just have free reign of the house? Yeah, I have free reign of the house. Um, I could, I mean, basically like when I was being trafficked, I could leave the house because I was, you know, being trafficked in um, like, I call it a brothel, but it was like a massage parlor. So mm-hmm. it was like in office environments and they were like in strip malls. Um, so I could definitely leave the house in that regards. And I could leave the house if I was picking up food or cigarettes. For yeah. Trafficker. How um, many times did you walk past that brothel before you were being trafficked and not even have an idea that that's what was going on inside? Um, oh my gosh, like, I have no idea. I mean, like, that was going on. I, but yeah. when I was being trafficked, I didn't even know I was being trafficked. I didn't even think I was a prostitute. Like, yeah. That just didn't even, like, come into my mind. Do you think it's because there's a lack of truthful information out there? I mean, you know, just as well as I do, how much misinformation out there there is do you think that if you have been more educated and people talked about the truth of sex trafficking more that it might have helped either you figure it out sooner or maybe prevent it from happening at all oh yeah i you know when i was trafficked sex trafficking wasn't a word so i mean i'm not sure if it i could have prevented it yeah but um just from from what you're saying like from from a young age like that my because I really believe that you know I got involved with my trafficker because of you know my father because they were exactly the same so yeah in that regards I you know I just thought that was just the way they were um but if I knew like when I was being trafficked if I maybe I would have realized like what was going on then. Yeah. Because I know for me, when I was taken after I escaped my parents, when I had filed the police reports, the detective asked like why I just did what he told me to. And I'm like, you know, my parents did it. And it was, I knew it was worse to say no than to actually do it. So do you feel like that was kind of the same thing? You like, you knew- if you said no to anything that it was dangerous um well basically you know um my trafficker was trying to so basically it was I was not willing to do it willingly and he had a few friends and people that you know the girls were I believe they're being trafficked now (laughs) yeah from my experience and um you know he's like okay you know um you should go to strip you should go and work here and it was you know and I was like no I'm not gonna do that so because I wasn't willing I think um he still had to 
make me do it. So what he did was he had a couple of men, um, you know, this may be very triggering for people. So they may want to turn it off, but you know, he had me tied up and beaten and, and sexually assaulted and raped. I'm so, so sorry. Um, yeah. After that, that was so traumatizing for me at that time. Um, you know, and I didn't really understand what had happened. Um, but he was like, okay, this is what you're going to do now. And you're going to do it willingly or not. And because, you know, that had happened, I was willing just to do what he had told, told me at that point. Yeah, I know. In my experience, it was sometimes it was things that they did to me, but also it was the threat of doing it to people that I loved. They never actually did anything that I had witnessed, but it was like, we're going to do this. And if you just say no, then it's going to be your fault that they get hurt. So I definitely understand that. So essentially after that incident, you just kind of gave up and figured, Mm -hmm. you know, it was the safer route. Yeah. Um, you know, I still, I didn't, in my head, I, I really didn't think, um, you know, I had no idea I was being sex trafficked. Um, I thought I was just doing it willingly at that point. And I didn't even see myself as a prostitute because in my mind, a prostitute was a chick that's walking the streets. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, and, um, I saw myself as like, oh, okay, I'm in a massage parlor, even though I'm doing sexual favors, I'm not yeah. a prostitute. And I have a boyfriend, like I have a boyfriend and I just always like, and my boyfriend's okay with this. So I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was very good. And it was very confusing for me because, um, after, because I didn't, I was always, not willing even though I was going I would be always crying and causing trouble for my trafficker because I just didn't understand why he wanted me to do this when I was and I'd be just like let me just get a regular job I can make money at an office or yeah like waitressing and he would be like no yeah (laughs) like you you don't you can't you can't like you have to do this and and they make you, you feel know, like, like you're choosing but it's it's not, it's not really a choice it's either go do the sales or come home and get assaulted in whatever mm-hmm. way they choose to so it's just yeah. a choice between a rock and a hard place you know yeah that, that was some of the things that you kind of made me remember like if I was causing trouble where I wouldn't want to leave the house to go do anything then you know he would punish me like I couldn't eat he would he wouldn't let me sleep um you know there were times when he made me sleep outside like he wouldn't let me into the house until I've complied and don't Mm -hmm. you know I'm being more compliant and what um, was what was your final breaking point where you were like okay this isn't normal I need to get out of this situation or I'm not going. Yeah, you know, um, was when basically um, he had enough of me. And I'm going to go back to 
one of the reasons why he had enough of me because he you know at some point he did want me to start growing this business <laughs> we call it a business you guys can't um, see the air quotes <laughs> yeah, the business. yeah that's right sorry <laughs> the business and he'd be like okay well if you don't want to do this anymore that's fine like you're gonna help um build the business and you know you'll just get some other girls to do it and you just manage them and I was like okay um because I didn't want to do it anymore and I just didn't I didn't even think what I would be doing was even wrong because I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, I know um, James used to say to me that um, he wanted me to find girls that wanted to do the thing and get stuff set up. But for me, what they had, James had brought me to his cousin's house and had the main girl in their little operation show me all the nice things, the big house. I mean, they lived in a million dollar home and it was just mm -hmm. the way I perceived it was he just wanted roommates and it was just, he would help us all to get on our feet and, right. you know, just kind of take care of us in a way. So I definitely understand that. Um, I know you're talking about recruiting, which is... Okay what they always get us to do. And a lot of people I think have a misconception that recruiters are sex traffickers, but they're actually very damaged and victims. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're given this choice to go on sales and get hurt every day, multiple times a day, or just bring somebody else in. So did what, it, like, I know you had said that he was trying to like give you instructions to go to yeah. Starbucks. What were some of the things that he wanted you to say to kind of groom other people? Yeah. So basically, you know, he'd be like, okay, like we're going to just go to Starbucks. You just hang out. And then, you know, you just, when you see someone or even two girls, you just start a conversation, um, get to know them buy them some coffee and then maybe offer for them to come and like see if they want to smoke some weed at the house mm -hmm. and that was kind of like his spiel and after you know he went over what he wanted me to do and then when it come to me doing it he said I, mean, I don't know exactly what he said but he was like when you bring the girls home, I've got to, like, I'm going to fuck her because I guess that's kind of like breaking, they call it breaking you in. Yeah. And, and I was like, no, like, you're my boyfriend. Like, why are you going to do that? Like, I can't even and imagine. That's really, like, I hate to say that that is the reason why I never did it, but I just didn't even... Like I thought that he was my boyfriend and he was so he basically he basically wanted you he basically wanted you to kind of portray it as like, hey, come hang out with me and my boyfriend. And then mm -hmm. once you were able to get the girls at the house, then he was gonna start the same tactics that he used on you. 
exactly so kind of and i'm not speaking out against uh what is it polyamorous relationships but that was kind of what he was trying to make it appear like it was going to be that's what yes exactly that's how i saw it at the time and i really didn't you know now looking back at it, i know what it was but at the time i just thought this guy you know he wants he just wanted to have sex with other girls yeah and 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 you know and because of that that was kind of like one of his last things where um he basically was going to sell me to another pimp and he said that in front of me um he's like you know um they were actually they were discussing like what they were going to do with me in front of me yeah and I was so and I remember just crying and I'm like like you know like what the fuck like you know you're gonna sell me to this guy and um and then he was like yeah you know we're not you're not my girlfriend I never loved you like I've used you for sex and money like and that's when it hit me like oh my god I have to get out because it just like hit me like you know I was going to be sold to another pimp and basically what the they were arranging is the whole um you know a money situation they were talking about money how they would split the money and the and the other so basically the new guy would pay him a fee or a portion of it and he would have to break me in which is that you know a pimp breaks you and mm-hmm. that's what they were discuss- discussing at the time. And, you know, I just became so scared um, because I was like, you know, I'm not going to willingly have sex with this guy. And you know, my trafficker was like, okay, I'm going to hold you down if you don't. Like, I'm going to oh, hold you down. He's going to rape you. And that just, like, completely, like, almost woke me up. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I ran. You know, like not even 24 hours. I had to. I I managed to escape. Um, at the time, it, I was lucky that I knew a lady. She was actually also, um, being prostitutes. Um, but she had got her own place. Um, and she had got away from her boyfriend at the time. I, um, and I was able to move in with this lady. But if I had not have had somebody helping me, I wouldn't have been able to get away from him. Now, notice that you are kind of using pimp and um, sex trafficker, like interchangeable. Do you, I mean, I know there's a big movement out there right now that talks about how there's a difference between sex work and prostitution. Mm-hmm. Do you really see a difference? Because I know for me, I don't and it's the same thing to me and it's like my clients (laughs) they never asked if I was doing it on my own free will or not so that's why you know so what are your thoughts on that yeah I mean no one ever asked me if I was doing it by my own free will and you know if people did ask they'd just be like oh are you in school and one of the things that you know my traffic had said is you tell them that you were in school because such a cliche (laughs) they will give you more money and they think that you are just doing this to pay for school you're not seen as a complete you know am I allowed to say this 
whole no i wouldn't say that some kids listen but the w word the w word yeah they use Um, that with me a lot too it's 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 to make you feel shame you know like prostitute is Mm -hmm. you know you've got pretty woman and other shows that kind of glamorize it and show it i mean I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to do what Julia Roberts did in that movie, but um, yeah, it's just, they shame you to make you feel like you're just not even human. Mm -hmm. So you were able to get away and luckily had a woman help you. I had the same experience. Another girl that was at the club that I worked at, I was stripping at a strip club and doing the sales in the VIP rooms. But um, did she ever say anything to you like after you escaped, like about how, you know, what he did isn't normal? And- no, because honestly, um, the way that she had gotten into the industry was through a boyfriend, which now is to me a pimp. If, you, if you're in a relationship and your boyfriend husband is making you so he was her trafficker yeah exactly you're a sex trafficker yeah you're not a boyfriend you're not a husband did she ever try to get you to go on sales with her or anything like that making Um, you feel like it was your choice we actually did we did actually go on sales together um i ended up actually you know at that point i i'm prostituting myself and um, but you technically weren't right no (laughs) because I had been sex trafficked and then I had no job and now I've got you know I'm out of this situation I moved in with this lady and and I just kept going and at that point I was also heavily like drinking where just to cope with everything um, you know, I ended up actually stripping going to the strip clubs after that, mm-hmm. um, just because I knew there was money there and I felt that it was safer because. Yeah. Now, was there you know, any relation? <laughs> yeah, barely. Was there um, any relation between her and your trafficker at all? No, this was a lady I met going um to just basically going to like the massage parlors um i met so many girls when i was in the part massage parlors because you know you would get basically you'd be there for like a month or a few weeks and then you'd get put somewhere else so it'd be in strip malls it would be in houses apartments um offices just and I'd be there with a few girls, you know, some would speak English, some wouldn't. Um, I was always surrounded by different girls. And they don't want you to become friendly because there are numbers. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> might figure out what's going on. So uh-huh. I, you know, I met many girls, their passports taken away in that sense of sex, what people think is sex trafficking where someone is mm-hmm. their passport is taken away and they and they come to this country for say cleaning and then they're trafficked sex trafficked but i also met a lot of this in the same 
massage parlors, girls that were just had a boyfriend, a husband. It and those the, are in air quotes too. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, their boyfriend's dropping them off. How but many working for another pimp? Like, can you think of how many times you would walk in one of these strip malls? Like, do you think oh, anyone yes. walking by had any idea what was going on behind no, the doors of the no parlor? Idea. I think people were just blind or, you know, like I had no idea that was going on. I was yeah. so naive, but now I see them everywhere when I go to the, yeah, like, I just know what, I just know what's going on. I, I yeah. just look at a place and know. So when did you eventually decide that, you know, I've been long away long enough, it's time to start sharing my story? Because I know that's how we met was through social media that you were sharing your story. Honestly, I don't even remember how I found you. And yeah. I know you had reached out to me in message and that's how we became good friends. And yeah, I love you. <laughs> but what kind of got you to the point where you're like okay I need to start talking about what sex yeah. trafficking is um I've been out for 10 years and honestly um I didn't even know I was sex trafficked until I ended up going to therapy and I started to tell my therapist everything and oh wow you know I, I had no idea um and that was a lot and it took me a few years to really for that to sink in and for me to like analyze everything and understand like, yes, I, you know, all of these, to notice all these signs. And um, I decided, you know, I wanted to share my story and, you know, maybe it will help somebody um, who's been through something similar and understand what they've been through or maybe exactly help somebody not get into that situation so they can see the signs I mean I know and, for me um, I know for me I share because it's like I felt so alone while it was happening and it's mm -hmm. like I knew it was happening but I also didn't know what it was and I had escaped at 26 and it wasn't until I was 33 when I found a woman's blog who actually ended up being kidnapped by my father and trafficked by him and that was how I kind of figured everything out I didn't start sharing until uh, about two years ago. It was at an event and I just was like, you know, time to close the book of being a victim mm -hmm. and let's move on to survivor. Um, what are your experiences with social media? Because I know I get inappropriate questions asked and mm -hmm. I get a lot of really nasty comments. Uh, good friend of mine. I'm going to be going live with her over the next couple of weeks. She, uh, she had brought up troll accounts in one of her videos just this morning talking about how mm. they're troll accounts or bots and they're paid to just kind of create conflict. Like, is that something that you notice a lot in the survivor community? Yes. Um, you know, I, like you, I wanted to meet other survivors and just kind of you know I don't have anyone that's been through something that I've been through so it, yeah sometimes you just need that to get some you know steam out and with somebody that understands and um you know once I started showing my story I had a lot of people 
start to bully me, um, especially from the pro-sex movement. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was so terrible that I decided to get off of Twitter for a while. Social yeah, I media. did the same. I took down, oh God, I took a break off. Of, I think it was about a month. I didn't post any episodes, lost my two TikTok accounts that had like over 50,000 followers, but it's, it's brutal. And it's not just, um, it's not just people, you know, sometimes it's just bot accounts. I don't know much about how they're created, but they're just, I mean, I had some people that would leave, they would like, we need details about your daughters. And I'm like, why the fuck would you ask about my kids? Like what's wrong with you? But it was like, they never write back. They never say anything. They just leave this nasty comment that can, you know, is so triggering. And then you're just like, you feel like you have to fight, but it's like, how do you ever feel like you need to fight back? Or is it like, cause I'm at the point where I'm just like, I'll just be like, you're an idiot, <laughs> you know, like yeah, you shouldn't be saying things like that, but. Um, I think they do it because they will post these strange you know, things about you. And then you all of a sudden have a bunch of messages popping up on your social media and you're like, what is going on here? And then you find out someone's posting like something that's completely false about you. And, you know, it makes you want to react because you want to say, okay, that's not true. And then they start coming at you. So they're kind of like trying to engage you by, posting false information about you um it's pretty scary i did get off twitter for a while because you know some of these people were posting that they had tracked me and you know it's very scary like yeah i know that was uh why i took my accounts down because they were threatening to dox me as illegal as it is um Mm -hmm. that it was you know, my family and my safety is more important than anything. Um, do you think that your specific trafficker might be behind some of this bullying that happens? Cause I know, I know exactly how my dad talks and I know the certain way that he talks. And I know some of these fake accounts that attack me are in fact, him, if, I mean, a lot of my listeners have heard where I talked about how he had brought me out into the woods and then that became a threat without anyone knowing. And I get that comment a lot. I actually have comment filter set up so nobody can say woods. Um, It automatically blocks it off. Do you think that your trafficker might be behind some of these fake accounts that have been just leaving these nasty comments? Maybe. I mean, that would be definitely, I could see somebody being forced to do that yeah like other victims he has now exactly because why would you want to run off survivors that's just seeking their truth and wanting to help make sure that this doesn't happen to other women or men yeah you know it doesn't make sense to me no it doesn't make sense to me either and i've been dealing with it I think a lot longer than you have. (laughs) It's yeah, Yeah. I'm new to this. I decided I'm not sure if I want to continue. Um, So I don't know yet. And I always say in a lot of my episodes that it's like our stories are very intimate and to us and, 
you know, we share them on our terms and we share what details we want to, what details we don't. But I know I run into a lot of, uh, I guess, backlash would be the word where people want me to share other details and they, and I mean, they're obviously these bot fake accounts or whatever. And they always tell me that because I won't share certain things that I'm protecting my traffickers. And it's like, no, dude, I'm protecting myself. Uh, do you kind of get that same thing where some people seem like they're really interested in what you have to say, but then they just start asking for, you know, details that you're just not comfortable talking about? Yeah, exactly. Um, I did get some, some people asking me details. They, they wanted some names. Um, I had posted, I'm not going to say what I posted, but I posted something, um, about the famous person that my daughter yeah. knew. And then they wanted names to prove that it was true. You know, they were, were digging and I was like, I'm not gonna give you a name. You know, it's, it bugs me because it's like even, I mean, you know how hard the Ghislaine Maxwell trial was on me, mm -hmm. but it's like people now I've noticed there's this new hashtag name the buyer. And it's just like, what are you going to do when you find out their names? Because you can't just call the police and file a report. You right. know, the victim has to. So it's like, I don't understand the obsession with people wanting to know. And obviously the name, the buyers, they think they're going to find out, you know, politicians names and big time movie mm -hmm. stars. And I mean, I'm sure they're all involved or the ones that are being named are definitely involved, but um how do you think all the conspiracy theories, because I know I talk a lot about like the QAnon conspiracy theories and Wayfair and things like that. Like, how does that affect you sharing your story? Because I know a lot of people, I mean, I, I don't want to say like I fight with them, but I, I try to tell them like, this isn't true. This isn't how it happens. And, uh, I keep getting told that I need to open my eyes to what sex trafficking really is, as if, you know, being trafficked myself exactly. isn't open enough. It's very rare that somebody is going to be kidnapped and, you know, going to the store and then forced into sex trafficking. Has it happened? Yes. But sex trafficking happens more, I would yeah. say. The kidnappings, yeah. people go willingly because of all the grooming. Because I know with James, exactly. he spent months grooming me. And as you said, so did yours. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. My traffickers spent months, maybe even a year grooming Yeah. Me. But do you think, because I strongly believe that these conspiracy theories actually hurt the fight for sex trafficking awareness. So yeah, I feel like that's something. I mean, this is just my theory is that somebody is doing that to um, kind of distract, drown the real stories. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And it's like, why? No, there's only one reason why they don't want the truth out there. It's so you don't see it, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, uh, last question is there, cause I do, I mean, I've had multiple survivors reach out to me and I've also had victims reach out to me as well. So I know that my podcast reaches the people that I want it to. Is there any 
advice that you have for anyone that might be listening that's either thinking about escaping or has just escaped and is just trying to learn how to be a person again? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, make sure you have a lot of therapy, self-care. Um, I'm still in therapy. <laughs> so am I. Therapy for a really long time. Oh, I make my um, $150 an hour worth every penny. <laughs> um, I think definitely a support system. You want somebody that you can talk to about this. But you have to make sure that, you know, it's somebody that you, you can trust. trust. And, yeah. um, you know, there are people out there that may want your information for other reasons. So it's very, you know, just be careful out there because there are people trying to groom survivors on the internet also. Yeah, I've been uh, talking with the attorney general's office and the state that I live in and that's basically what they said to me is there's been, uh, I guess, like an uptick of survivors being targeted and then taken again. It's it's scary out there. People don't realize, mm-hmm. you know, when we share our stories, we're putting our lives in a lot of danger. But, you know, if it saves even just one person, it makes it all worth it. Right. Exactly. And um, that's basically well I'm so glad you finally came on I've I've only been bugging for months (laughs) but I've been very honored to have you on as a guest and that you trusted my podcast with your story my listeners are awesome and amazing so um I'm on my survivor voice one on twitter on twitter yeah I can probably throw a link up to your profile in the description if you want. And, you know, just in case anyone wants to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. Wants to reach out. I know it's, that was the one thing I wasn't prepared for when I started sharing, like I wanted to reach survivors so they didn't feel alone. But when they started coming to me and saying like, I went through these things and, you know, I'm so glad you're speaking out. Like I was just, I'm still blown away. Like I just had, an amazing woman reached out to me just, I think about a week ago or just a few days ago. I don't know. My days mesh into one, but, um, I was just like, wow. So it's like, you know, it's rewarding in ways that, you know, you can help other people that have gone through what you went through. So right. I'm so glad you came on and if you want to come you. back on, you're welcome anytime. Thanks. So I'm going to end things there. And I want to thank everyone for their continued love and support. I'm going to throw, oh, excuse me, throw the link to my link tree in my bio. It has every way that you can possibly get in touch with me. If you would like to come on as a guest, you are more than welcome to, and you do not have to be a survivor. You can be fighting sex trafficking. If you want to debate the conspiracy theories, I am dying to get someone like that on here. So I hope y'all have a good night and I will talk with y'all soon.